is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, the cleanup hitter. You thought you heard about it all today, right? Now, be honest with yourselves. Who was pounding away at the Congress? Pounding away at the Congress before anybody else in the last few weeks. On the sexual harassment issue. As soon as they started talking about passing a resolution in the Senate, an anti-sexual harassment resolution, I said, okay, now we got to do some focusing on Congress. Same with the House of Representatives. And it went all over the media when I said that McConnell and Ryan should step down. Because if sexual harassment is this pervasive in Congress, then the people who run Congress should leave. And even today, Mitch McConnell's barely heard from. Barely heard from. You ask him about Roy Moore, he can't control himself. You ask him about Franken, he goes back into his shell. I also said yesterday that referring this matter of Franken to the Ethics Committee was their way of either killing it or just sending it into a black hole. Remember that? So we're going to discuss this at some length. And there's also Kristen Gillibrand, who turns out is a fraud. She's a fraud. Now, she's been leading the efforts on sexual harassment in the military and so forth and so on, but it turns out she's a fraud. Now she says Bill Clinton should have resigned over Lewinsky, and and yet she was close to the Clintons. And Bill Clinton came and campaigned for her. Bill Clinton endorsed her in her first run in the Democrat primary over others. He raised money for her. Well, the circumstances, you know, the environment has changed. The environment didn't change. As I posted on my social sites, Bill Clinton was impeached. There was a trial. He was held in contempt. Obviously, a goodly part of the nation understood that what he had done was wrong. And not just the underlying offenses, but the obstruction of justice and the perjury. As Ms. Gillibrand's party and the media were trashing Ken Starr, who was trying to get to the bottom of it. Remember that? You can't talk about a special counsel like Mueller. What's that? That's like Stalin, says the idiot Scarborough. Meanwhile, Ken Starr was brutalized, attacked, and on and on and on. Getting a little bit ahead of myself. And I'm also going to ask you a series of questions later today. And then there's Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary. This guy's a very wealthy man, Goldman Sachs, liberal from Manhattan like too many of them. And he's doing his best Marx class warfare claptrap. If you uh, live in a high-tax state and you earn over a million dollars, yes, your taxes are going up. Yeah, they're going up. Greatest tax cut in the history of man. Uh, Baloney. And what these guys don't understand is your intelligence, which they're trying to dumb down. It can't be dumbed down. You understand class warfare and what a poison it is. 
You understand there's successful people who invest and create jobs, right? And you also understand that the government is filled with waste and fraud and left-wing progressive programs, and the money's better spent in the private sector. That's how we get most of our new inventions. That's how we get most of our new products, most of our new services. It's where all the entrepreneurs are. So we have a lot to cover. Now, if you're a quasi-professional radio host, you know, I like to say that I'm a professional radio listener and a quasi-professional radio host, because all radio hosts are quasi-professionals, really. You want to know the truth. It's like sitting around the table on Thanksgiving and talking. And talking. The only difference is, you know, there's no food in your mouth. So... But I want to get into some of these things. Now, I want to get into the, uh, we'll get into this now, the, the Franken matter, the Congress, and so forth. Then we're going to move into uh, the, uh, the tax reform issue, because it's not really tax reform. And then we're going to get into some questions I have for you. Why don't I ask you the questions now so you can ponder them? Does that make sense, Mr. Producer? I'm going to ask you these questions now. Think about them. And we'll go back to them in hour three, okay? If you're still with me, and I hope you are. It's Friday. Why not? I confess that I often wonder... No, no, I haven't fondled anybody. I confess that I often wonder what America will become in 50 or 100 years. This is on the jacket, the back of Rediscovering Americanism. What will the future hold for our children and our grandchildren? Will they be free, happy, prosperous, independent, and secure? What will be left of our constitutional system? Will the Bill of Rights have the force of law? What about property rights? Will they matter? How many will remember or care to learn about our founding principles as concisely, brilliantly set forth in the Declaration of Independence? How many remember or care today? And what of the civil society or the social compact? Will it have frayed beyond repair? Will we have been conquered from within as Thomas Jefferson and Joseph Story and Abraham Lincoln feared might be our fate? Will we have avoided the doom of Athens and Rome? If we are honest with ourselves, we must agree that the outcome is unclear. The reason? A century or so of progressive government and schemes targeting the uniqueness of America, including its founding principles and Republican system. Future generations will look back on what we've done, and they'll know the answers. They will draw their judgments about this generation and record them in their own history books. What lessons will they have learned? What will they say about us? Will they say that we were a wise and conscientious people? who understood and appreciated the blessings of our existence and surroundings and prudentially and conscientiously cared for them? Or will they say we were a self-indulgent and inattentive people, easily shepherded in one direction or another, who stole the future from our own children and generations yet born and squandered an irreplaceable heritage? It's a lot to think about, isn't it? It's a lot to think about. 
And now we swing back, as they say. Al Franken. Not a single member of the United States Senate has asked that Al Franken be expelled. Not a single member of the United States Senate has introduced a resolution that Al Franken be expelled. It takes two-thirds of them. Why is that? Why is that? Why, why are they not seeking to expel Al Franken? Due process? Now, we know they don't believe in due process because they told us they don't believe in due process. Where's Cory Gardner? Cory Gardner was out there, the, the Republican from Colorado. He was out there almost on day one carrying Mitch McConnell's water, talking about expelling Roy Moore if he's elected. Okay, that's their standard, ladies and gentlemen. Expelling Roy Moore if he's elected. Got it. Well, the allegations are different. Excuse me. That doesn't matter. We're talking about a process, right? A process. If the process is no process, then why is there a process for Al Franken? And we have the goods on Al Franken. And Al Franken has essentially confessed. Not so with Roy Moore. Of course their situations are different. And I'm not a special pleader for either. But I am. I am going to look at them and analyze them with you. Our buddy Ben Shapiro, who we have guest hosts here from time to time, he took a look at the statistics when it comes to the Ethics Committee. And he points out, of course, that the Democrats are responding quite differently in the case of Al Franken than they are in the case of Roy Moore. He points out that Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer has called for an ethics probe. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell called for an ethics probe. Democratic Whip Dick Durbin, Kirsten Gillibrand, Claire McCaskill, Amy Blosher, uh, many others, Blobachar, excuse me, have called for... Uh, Ethics investigations? Why? Because that's where you go to kill matters. He took a look. He took a look at a USA Today report. And they looked over a period of nine years. Between 2007 and 2016, the Senate Ethics Committee imposed zero sanctions against anyone. Zero despite 613 allegations and 75 preliminary investigation, zero. The committee's activity reports, according to the USA Today, indicate that in nearly every case, allegations are dismissed because there are not enough facts to prove wrongdoing. 13 of 55 cases last year alone. Or there's no Senate rule governing the alleged activity, 36 of 55 cases. In seven cases last year, the Ethics Committee carried out Preliminary inquiries, five of those were dismissed as inadvertent or minor technical violations. None of those cases was made public by the committee. None of them. So a Senate Ethics Committee investigation is where allegations go to die. That's why they're all calling for a Senate Ethics investigation, including Al Franken himself. It's a far cry, Shapiro points out, and we've pointed out many times, from Republican calls for Roy Moore to step away from his campaign or threats to refuse him a Senate seat altogether. So this is the way the Democrats kick it down the road with the help of McConnell and the Republicans. People will forget, and then he'll run for re-election. Think that's fair? 
Al Franklin should resign or he should be expelled. He's already admitted to the allegations, at least in, in substance. And he's already... The photo, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to investigate the photo? Is there any doubt about the photo? No, there's no doubt about the photo. And then we have Kirsten Gillibrand, and this is what's wrong with the United States Senate. This is what's wrong with these politicians. She's been out there pounding away at the, uh, uh, at the military for sexual harassment violations. She's been out there, uh, you know, co-authored with uh, Chuck Grassley, the, uh, the resolution against sexual harassment and so forth. But it turns out she's an enormous hypocrite. And among those pointing it out are the Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton supporters. All the times that she campaigned with Clinton, all the times that he helped raise funds for her. Uh, there's a fellow over at Powerline, Paul Marengoff, who's uh, done a pretty good job of analyzing this. And more than once, at least twice. Is there anything in the news more farcical, he says, than liberals and feminists saying it's time for a reckoning with Bill Clinton? Clinton was credibly accused of severe sexual misconduct by several women. One of them, Juanita Broderick, alleged that Clinton raped her. Her claim was highly credible inasmuch as she complained contemporaneously to five people. Clinton also admitted, after brazenly lying about it, to having sex with Monica Lewinsky. The White House intern was barely out of her teens at the time. If Roy Moore, against whom no allegation of sexual misconduct has been conclusively established, writes Marengoff, is unfit to occupy one of 100 Senate seats, then surely Bill Clinton was unfit to serve as our president. Yet Democrats and feminists rallied to Clinton's defense while shrugging off, if not applauding, the fact that the Clinton machine spearheaded by Hillary demonized Clinton's female victims. Did any Democrat or liberal media type say, I believe the women? If so, I don't recall it. During Clinton's post-presidency, Democrats and feminists continued to ignore his predatory sexual history. Even now, when that behavior is mentioned, some like Ruth Marcus, columnist, former news writer, accuse those who bring it up of, what aboutism? Let's be clear. Responding to the allegations against Moore by citing Clinton isn't a defense of Moore. It's an indictment of Clinton defenders for intellectual dishonesty. Unless Ruth Marcus will admit to intellectual dishonesty, she needs a substantive answer to the what about question. Some on the left realize this. And some on the left are pretending that they're now offended by contact, conduct. They not only accept it, but they defend it to the last man and woman. And he goes on in another piece, does Marin Goff at Powerline. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, who holds the seat formerly occupied by Hillary Clinton, said that Bill Clinton should have resigned the presidency after his inappropriate relationship with Monica Lewinsky came to light. That's mighty enlightened of her. What took her so long to reach or articulate this view? The answer is, it took the fall of Clinton's plus a crucial Senate race in which the Republican is being accused of serious sexual misconduct. We know that Gillibrand would never have called out Bill Clinton if he still wielded influence. We know this because she didn't when he did. To the contrary, just last year, she wrote, quote, I was truly honored that President Bill Clinton campaigned for me in my first run for Congress in 2006. Attempting to explain her alleged change of heart, she said, quote, Things have changed today, 
And I think under those circumstances, there should be a very different reaction. B.S. I'm throwing the B.S. flag. I'm not done. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. President Clinton should have stepped down at that time, given the allegations. I w- yes, th- I think that is the appropriate response. But um, I think things have changed today, and I think under those circumstances, there should be a very different reaction. And I think in light of this conversation, we should have a very different conversation about President Trump and a very different conversation about allegations against him. She is uh, exposing herself as a complete charlatan. And a disgrace. And I've been noting this, noticing this all day long. From liberals who appear on Fox, liberals who are hosts on CNN and MSNBC, they drag Trump into this in order to defend Franken. They drag Trump into this. Oh, what's the difference? What's the difference? Uh, we, what's the difference? I think we have a photo, don't we, of Al Franken with his hands? On a woman's breasts, a woman who's come forward, given her name, did a press conference. I love the way the left, they, they say, you know, we have, to, we have to analyze again how we reacted to Bill Clinton. And what do they want to talk about? Trump. We're not buying it. I'll be right back. Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Good man, that Mike Pence. No question about that. I want to go on with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and show you what a complete another fraud she is. And as I say, Marengoff's done a great job over, over there at Powerline. And you should know, before she was a senator, she was a congressman from New York. She was a moderate Democrat. She was opposed to most gun control initiatives. Uh, she was a fairly fiscal conservative. And the minute she became a senator, she lurched hard left. And she wants to run for president in 2020. So this is who she is. She's a fraud. Attempting to explain her alleged change of heart about Clinton, Gillibrand said, Mr. Producer, hit it. Is it your view that, that the President Clinton should have stepped down at that time, given the allegations? I w- yes, th- I think that is the appropriate response, but um, I think things have changed today, and I think under those circumstances, there should be a very different reaction. Well, let's stop a moment. What things have changed? Having oral sex in the Oval Office? Really? Have our morals changed, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, you're accused of rape. They really change that much in 20 years? I don't think so. What a disgrace. more I listen to her. What an absolute fraud. Go ahead. This conversation, we should have a very different conversation about President Trump and a very different conversation about... So see, 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 the, uh, see the, the opportunism there? We should have a very different conversation about President Trump... What a hack. What an absolute disgusting hack. Go ahead. 
Now, as uh, Marengoff points out, really, really, our our uh, sensibilities have changed so much since the 1990s. And he says, uh, but have they changed substantially since 2016 when she gushed all over Bill Clinton for campaigning with her? 2016, one year ago? She's not guilty just of hypocrisy, he says, but of intellectual dishonesty. She will throw a has-been ex-president who can no longer help her under the bus in exchange for having a go at it at a president that she hates. If President Trump has sex with a White House intern and lies about it or commits serious sexual misconduct of any kind while serving as president, we should have a different conversation, Ms. Gillibrand, but not with you. You're not to be taken seriously. Because when that actually occurred, and it was the president of your party, you not only kept your mouth shut, but in the later years, you had his support, he helped raise money for you, and you had photographs with him, and you were excited about them, you even put them on your social sites. And I'm not the only one, Marengoff's not the only one to see this. The former uh, let's see, senior advisor to Hillary Clinton, Philippe Reigns. Philippe Reigns says that when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, this is what he tweeted, Ken Starr spent $70 million on a consensual act oral, of oral sex. This is what he writes. Senate voted to keep POTUS, William Jefferson Clinton. But not enough for you, Senator Gillibrand, over 20 years. You took the Clintons' endorsements, money, and seat. Hypocrite. Interesting strategy for 2020 primaries. Best of luck. This guy, Reigns, is a bad guy, but he's right about Gillibrand, says Mirren Goff, and he's correct. He's correct. So she's not to be taken seriously. She's a hack and a fraud and a hypocrite and intellectually dishonest, and even many Democrats see this. Even many Democrats see this. And again, as pointed out, it was only a year ago that Bill Clinton campaigned with her. It was only a year ago that he helped raise money for her. It was only a year ago that she was so happy, big smile on her face, standing with Clinton during a campaign event. What changed? Well, she wants to be president, so she has absolutely no principles. She's a chameleon. I'm honored to be traveling around with uh, President Clinton, campaigning for Hillary Clinton, letting New Yorkers know why. This is last year. This is last year. This year, it's yes, of course he should have resigned. Our, our sensibilities, our morals, our, our understanding, our belief systems, have they've progressed. Not yours, Ms. Gillibrand. Not yours. So I have some questions for Ms. Gillibrand, junior senator from New York. Did you not believe Juanita Broderick's allegation that Bill Clinton raped her? Did you not believe Kathleen Willey's allegation that Bill Clinton sexually assaulted her in the Oval Office? Much like that photo with Al Franken. Did you not believe Paula Jones when she said he dropped his pants and said a few things to her, and she was a state employee. Did you not believe that, Ms. Gillibrand? 
Let me ask you this, Ms. Gillibrand. Do you think Bill Clinton needed and or needs anti-sexual harassment training right now? Let me ask her this question, and let me ask Mitch McConnell this question. If Bill Clinton were to run for the Senate today, would they say they wouldn't seat him? Would they say as soon as he's elected they would expel him? Given all we know, he was held in contempt by a federal judge after all. He did lose his Supreme Court license for a period of time after all. He was fined after all. And he didn't challenge the contempt uh, ruling of the judge, Susan Weber Wright, in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, because he knew in order to defend, while he could provide his so-called evidence, evidence would be provided against him. He tried to fix the outcome of this litigation by lying under oath at a deposition where the judge attended the deposition to personally oversee it. So I would ask Ms. Gillibrand, if Bill Clinton were running for the Senate today, would you argue that the minute he sets foot in the Senate, the Senate should move to expel him? And where's Mitch McConnell these days, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't he awfully quiet? Talks an awful lot about Roy Moore, how they're strategizing, what they're doing, and just blows this thing off with Frank. Well, well, Senator Ethics Committee, Ethics Committee over there, bipartisan. Hey, let me tell you, we got four Democrats, four Republicans over there, over in the Ethics Committee. They're going to do their job. They'll do their job over there. So they circle the wagons to protect. Franken. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what they're doing. Let me tell you what they're telling Franken, these Democrats. I surmise, but I think I'm right. I'm telling them, look, we got to condemn you in public, but in private, we know. We'll send it over there to the Ethics Committee. Even that schlub McConnell, he, he's not going to pick at scabs here. Don't worry about it. He's not going to pick at scabs here. Do not believe the liberals and the Democrats when they say it's time to reevaluate Clinton. Bill Clinton. It's time to reevaluate it. Because what they're saying is, you saw a little bit of this from Gillibrand, is we want to destroy Donald Trump. Most of these people have no conscience. I'm sorry, it's true. Most of these people who are radical progressives have a totalitarian mindset. It's all about power, the accumulation of power, the retention of power, and exercising that power. And exercising that power. The other day I was in Washington, and I was walking past the White House and the old executive office building. I was taking a look at those buildings. And I had worked in those buildings many, many years ago in the Reagan administration, as well as other buildings, but anyway. And I thought to myself, these progressive leftist radical politicians in the Democrat Party and in the media... They believe that those buildings belong to them. They are appalled that Trump is in the White House. They are appalled that Pence is in the White House. They are appalled that the old executive office building and all the offices there are controlled by the Trump-Pence president-vice presidency. They cannot believe it. They are infuriated by it. They've lost all their contacts for the most part. But they're really, really upset. They believe these buildings 
These buildings, the White House proper and the old executive office building, belong to them. That this was some kind of a hostile takeover. Every time they walk by these buildings, that's what they're thinking. That they're the possession of the left, that the possession of the Democrat Party. Let me tell you why Kirsten Gillibrand's probably the worst of the worst. Or Kristen Gillibrand, I apologize. It was probably the worst of the worst. Because now she's using sexual harassment in a partisan political manner. And isn't it interesting, the Washington Post doesn't write about that, the New York Times doesn't write about that, Politico, it's not reported that way in network news, cable news, satellite news. In this one statement, I'll play it one more time, she makes it clear that she wants to use the sexual harassment, which is apparently pervasive according to CNN, on the Capitol as a way to attack the President of the United States. Play it again, Mr. Producer. Cut 11. Go. Is it your view that that the President Clinton should have stepped down at that time, given the allegations? Yes, I think that is the appropriate response, but um, I think things have changed today, and I think under those circumstances there should be a very different reaction, and I think in light of this conversation, we should have a very different conversation about President Trump and a very different conversation about allegations against him. See? She's a hack. And she's a liar. Because, as, as was pointed out, she campaigned with Trump, excuse me, she campaigned with Clinton a year ago. The change in circumstances, what? In less than a year's time? So you should dismiss her. And yet, She is now using this issue of sexual harassment as a political tool. And she knows that the media will fall right behind her. And the media have fallen right behind her. Constantly. Constantly. Um, Huckabee Sanders is being asked, what's the president's position on that, Roy Moore? What's the president's position? What's the president on the president of that? President of that? What's the president have to do with this? Nothing. And just because Mitch McConnell's trying to drag the president into it, trying to get him to do his dirty work, trying to push Roy Moore out or push Roy Moore in or whatever the hell they're doing, just because he's trying to drag the president, president won't be dragged in. And he shouldn't be. They're saying what I've been saying and what others are saying. The people of Alabama are perfectly capable of making these decisions themselves. Without the Washington, D.C., New York City media telling them what to think and do, without some of the pseudo-conservatives lecturing them left and right, uh, without the RNC, without the National Republican Senatorial Committee, without McConnell and his surrogates and Cory Gardner and, and all the rest of them, John Cornyn, telling them what to do and think. They'll decide. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There was an article written August 29, 2014 by Slate. Slate is a left-wing kook website, but nonetheless. And with Kirsten Gillibrand said that uh, she's been sexually harassed repeatedly with sexist comments about her body from her male colleagues, senators. Uh, 
and with, I'm quoting, a distressing inevitability, the discussion quickly became about how she individually should be doing more to stop this harassment. Gillibrand, they say, owes it to us to name names, the argument goes, lest she court accusations that she's lying. So Slate basically was arguing she doesn't have to name names. No, I'm arguing, and I have been arguing for days. No, we want names. Now, the only name that Kirsten Gillibrand could come up with was Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with any of this. So she's happy to name names. But she won't name the fellow senators, the male senators in the United States Senate, as I speak, who she says, she alleges, repeatedly sexually harassed her. She won't name the names. And yet she mentions Donald Trump. Now, what do you mean to make of this? You know what to make of this. She's not exactly the greatest spokesperson for this issue. I'm sorry, because she has revealed herself as a fraud. I'm not saying she hasn't been sexually harassed, but to drag in Donald Trump, that's the uh, talking point, to not call for Franken's expulsion, to not name names of United States senators, men, who are harassing her to the point where she talks about it in Slate and in other places, is really unacceptable. It's simply unacceptable because this is actually more than about the senators. It's about us. It's our government. These are senators. There's only a 100 of them. Out of 320 million of us, there's a 100 of them. They tell us they're going to pass laws to do this and pass laws to do that. Well, we want to know who they are. We barely know who they are. That's quite obvious. Wouldn't you want to know in your own private workplace, whether you're an employer or employee? Well, of course you'd want to know. It's incredible, isn't it? All right. I got to tell you, now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for such a while, I would pick it over every mattress I've ever owned. It really does help me get the best night's sleep, period. Now, once you try Casper, you're going to love yours as much as I love mine. Switching to Casper is a no-brainer. It's a higher-quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night thanks to Casper's two high-tech foams, much better than on the old overpriced mattress I used to have, by the way. Casper ships right to your door for free, in a small, how did they do that size box? They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights. It's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. Sleeping on a mattress, that's the best way to try it. Sleeping on it for over three months as opposed to a couple of minutes at a strip store retail? No, no, no. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com, use code MARK, and get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. And it's already priced well. That's Casper.com, code MARK. Get 50 bucks towards the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com, code MARK, terms and conditions apply. As a matter of fact, I've got three different beds or so located throughout the house for Barney. And as you know, Barney has a bad back. My dog, Barney. One of them is a Casper. Yes, Casper, 
makes mattresses for dogs, too. He loves that mattress. That's the one he picks. He loves that mattress. And so do I. So Ms. Gillibrand, we know. We know who she is and what she is, given what she did with the Clintons, having embraced them year after year after year to advance her political career, campaigning with Hillary and Bill Clinton as recently as a year ago, now saying he should have resigned over the Lewinsky matter. Gee, that's nice. I thought I said that. And so many millions of us said that. Where was she? And then the only name she can bring up is Donald Trump. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Well, there's a lot of hosts on cable TV who, quite frankly, I've never heard it before, and you probably haven't either, like Brooke Baldwin at CNN, or Casey Hunt at MSLSD. Gloria Borger's been hanging around for a long time at CNN. Uh, Then there's a couple members of Congress. There's Ted Deutsch of Florida. Most of you haven't heard of him, but he's a big leftist in Florida. There is a a senator from Rhode Island, a former... uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney. There's another left-wing kook, Sheldon Whitehouse. I want you to hear how they they refuse to really, really insist that anything serious happened to to Al Franken, like expulsion, as an example. So here's Brooke Baldwin. You know what? Let me just say this first of all. I think no profession has disgraced itself more in the last several years than the media. No profession. So many of you so-called journalists who listen to this show, and I know you do, you have destroyed not just your reputations. If that was it, it wouldn't matter. But you are destroying and have destroyed so much of your industry. You beat your chests about the First Amendment, how you stand at the forefront of defending free speech and freedom of the press. No, you don't. You abuse it. I'm not saying that we should do anything governmentally about it. I'm just saying you abuse it. Now, you abuse it because you have sought these positions and you hold these positions for the purpose of advancing an agenda or promoting yourselves. If you cared about your country, if you cared about your country, you would be as objective as possible. I know it's not possible to be completely objective, but you can tr- surely try to be. You look at this guy Acosta, or you look at Don Lemon, or you look at Stetler. These are all Democrat hacks. These are all people who are trying to advance their careers, promote themselves, become famous in so many ways, infamous, to build up their ratings and so forth. You know, when I do this show, you know exactly who I am and you know exactly where I'm coming from. I write about it. I talk about it. I don't, I don't play games. I don't pretend to be a journalist. But they do pretend to be journalists. Or you look over at MSNBC. What the hell is Joe Scarborough make of Brzezinski? 
What are they? I mean, other than clowns. What are they? Look at the rest of that conga line lineup. This Rachel Maddow, often number one in cable, or less so lately due to Hannity, thankfully. But she's been wrong on so much as a factual matter for so long, it's incredible. Or you have a guy like Chris Matthews, who's just a fast-talking, spittle-spitting buffoon. Then they drag out Dan Rather. Dan Rather has exposed himself on frequent occasions now as a left-wing hack. Now you know what Richard Nixon had to deal with. And then, of course, there's Tom Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. Now he's out there, all warning us about this president as a potential dictator, and, of course, they're defending free speech. They've never seen anything like this. Incredible. And so Brooke Baldwin is a host on CNN, and Gloria Balger, and, well, they have a little back and forth yesterday about Al Franken. Now listen carefully to this. Cut five, go. Out of the gate, the fact that you have Gloria, you know, the, the Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, right, from the left and the right, both Excuse say- me, excuse me, from the left and the squish middle, not the left and the right. Both saying there needs to be go. An ethics investigation. I realized that this was years and years ago, this story, mm-hmm. uh, and he was a private citizen at the time, but Kenny survived this. Stop. Now listen to that, how stupid that is. Where has Brooke Baldwin been the last many weeks? I realized this was years and years ago. It was 2006 when um, Al Franken was preparing for his political career. It's not like it was 38 years ago. Not like it was 38 years ago. Right? Go ahead. Means to be seen. I mean, I, I w- we should say that uh, Leanne did not call for him to step down or say that she thought he Stop. ought to step down. Why does it matter if Leanne Tweeden has called for him to step down or not? There are rules that the United States Senate is supposed to have. Whether Leanne has called for him to step down or not. That's Leanne's personal opinion, and I have absolute respect for it. But that's beside the point. Why is Gloria Borger hiding behind Leanne's opinion on whether or not he should step down? If Leanne says he ought to resign, would Gloria Borger then be citing Leanne Tweeden? No, she wouldn't. Because she's another hack. Another left-wing hack who's been around forever. And you know what? If you're a regular employee at CNN, I'm not talking about some of these contributors, but you're a regular employee at CNN, you must be a left-wing hack. Go ahead. When she was told that they had to have an, they were having an ethics committee investigation, she said that's on them. And he and, says, yes, I will uh, right. participate. And, and I think, look, we have to look at the context in which all of this is occurring, yeah. which is more. Stop, stop. So now, in order, ladies and gentlemen... In order to make an assessment of what Franken has done, the photograph, Leanne's comments, we need to look at Roy Moore. Now, why do we need to look at Roy Moore? I thought we were supposed to look at Donald Trump. No, no, not, no, no, no don't look at Donald Trump. No, 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 now we got to look at Roy Moore. No, I want to look at Al Franken. Why doesn't Gloria Borger want to look at Al Franken? Why doesn't Brooke 
Baldwin want to look at Al Franken. Go ahead. Two more. Uh, stop. By the way, I don't like looking at Al Franken either. Go ahead. You know, brewing and percolating, whatever you want to say, for days and days and days. Yeah, yeah. This is incoherent mumbling because they don't want to come down on Al Franken until they think they really can and will when it, they just can't resist it anymore. When the overwhelming public opinion compels it. But they're not going to lead the charge. They're very, very concerned about sexual harassment, don't you know? Very, very concerned. Of, but, you know, it's long. we got to look at the context. Roy Moore, Donald Trump. Yeah, Al, you know, it was very long. Yeah, we all know Al. He's a comedian. Come on, it's Al. And besides, we agree with Al. He's a left-wing kook like the rest of us. More Gloria Borger on CNN yesterday. She was ubiquitous. Cut six, go. This is just kind of scratching the surface here. He was not a member of Congress at the time this occurred. He was just a comedian. Right. Stop. What happened to her friend Leanne Tweeden? Tell me, Leanne Tweeden. He wasn't a member of Congress. He was just a comedian. So does that make him grabbing your breasts any better? Does that mean when he stuck his tongue down your mouth that that was any better? Of course not. Gloria Borger is appalling. Absolutely appalling. Let's start that again, Mr. Producer. Cut six. Go. This is just kind of scratching the surface here. He was not a member of Congress at the time this occurred. He was just a comedian. Right. So? So? And obviously, now she won't bring up Roy Moore. Well, he's not a member of Congress either. Just a comedian? I addressed this the other day. I didn't even know morons were going to bring it up. He's just a comedian, so he can do stuff like this? Wow! All the perverts are going to become comedians. Not that there aren't enough of them already are comedians. But I want you to listen. Now, Gloria Borger probably considers herself a feminist, an objective, you know, professional, and thoughtful because of her. Now, can anybody tell me anything thoughtful or profound Gloria Borger ever said? Raise your hand. No, Gloria, not you. You can't vote for yourself. Go ahead. Um, we'll see if her coming out gives other women sort of, you know, more purpose and allows them to talk about people who are currently in positions of power. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? I'm guessing Franken is a major source of information to Borger, but I don't know. But look how she's tap dancing around this guy. It, look how she's tap dancing around this guy. Incoherent for the most part, but then when she comes into coherence, it's in his defense. In his defense. People who are currently in positions of power who could affect them. Go ahead. Affect them. Franken has no effect on her at this particular time in her life. Wow, that's incredible. So in other words, according to Gloria Borger, we don't need to look at the backgrounds of any of these people. Any of you women who have been sexually abused or harassed by any of these politicians in the past, before they became politicians, before they were elected to office, don't bother coming forward. They can't affect you now. Don't bother coming forward. That's what she's saying. 
Have you ever heard of a bigger idiot in your life? She should be suspended from CNN. They ought to send her to MSNBC immediately. I wouldn't even put her on the Weather Channel. What do you think of that? Go ahead. It's a little bit more difficult for women who are working in the Congress, but I think what you're going to see is more and more of this as we've seen around the country. I think this this poor lady is absolutely a whack job. As she's trying her best not to come down on Al Franken. Trying her best. So she's trying to increasingly limit the exposure of Franken. Well, he's a comedian. Well, it was many years ago. Well, he can't affect her. Well, he's not in power. Well, come on now. Then there's Casey Hunt over at MSLSD. Doesn't get any lower than that place. MSLSD. What did she think? Cut seven, go. In a nutshell, she says she was on this USO tour that Al Franken wrote. He was a comedian then, not a senator. Oh, a comedian. We now have a talking point. He's a comedian. And not a very good one, by the way. A comedian. So, you know, comedian, you know, grabbing breasts, wet kisses against the woman's uh, uh, assault. The comedian. The hell comedian. No big deal. Wasn't a senator. Wasn't a senator. He's a comedian. Now he's a senator, but, you know, then he was a comedian. And so long ago. Go ahead. Script that they should kiss, tried to get her to rehearse it. It was uncomfortable. She avoided it to him after that. And then he photo- took a picture, uh, which his office now says was a joke. Stop. He didn't then take a picture, you idiot. Aren't you supposed to be a reporter? They're on a plane heading back. She was sleeping. He grabbed her breasts. That's what the picture shows most of us. A picture was taken. Go ahead. Uh, That showed him uh, potentially, not actually groping, but mock groping her. Oh, well. We now have Casey Hunt on MSLSD telling, no, no, he didn't grope. Now, Leanne says he did. But Casey, who wasn't there and wasn't groped, she says he didn't. Well, who are we to believe? Casey or Leanne? Who are we to believe? Roy Moore or his accusers? What do you say, Casey? Go ahead. She was asleep. She says that he wrote a part into their skit uh, that required him to kiss her and that he tried to rehearse the kiss backstage that made her uncomfortable. And then she also published a picture. No, 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 no. She said more than that, dimwit. She said he was aggressive and insistent. And he tried to kiss her backstage. He grabbed the back of her head and forced a kiss into her mouth. Do you know what we call that, Casey from MSNBC? May I call you Casey since everybody calls Leanne Tweed and Leanne? You know what we call that, Casey? Assault. That's assault. Where does, where does Casey stand on all this stuff? Where does Gloria Borger stand? Where does Brooke Baldwin stand on, on sexual harassment? Maybe, maybe they need anti-sexual harassment training. I'm not implying or stating that they're involved in sexual harassment, but obviously they don't comprehend it. They don't comprehend it. 
as they defend their man, Al Franken. Go ahead. That was given to her of her asleep with Senator Franken, uh, mock groping her. Mock groping her. Mock groping her, she says. Leanne says, was no mock groping, he groped me. Casey, no, no, it's mock groping. It's obvious he's mock groping. Why? Because he's a liberal Democrat. Groping, mock groping. Remember, this is the party who defended Ted Kennedy after Chappaquiddick. A serial sexual abuser. A predator, if there ever was one. And he was. Number one, A+. plus. Hey, that's the line of the Senate. The hell's wrong with you? You can't talk about the line of the Senate. Obama liked them. McCain liked them. McConnell liked them. Hatch liked them. Everybody likes the line of the Senate, you know. I'll be right back. Mark So CNN and MSNBC have decided that Franken is a mock-groping comedian. So, you know, don't be so hard. After all, he's not Trump or Roy Moore. We need the context, you know. Ted Deutsch is a left-wing hack Democrat in Florida, and he was asked about this on CNN. Cut eight, go. Have you seen enough for you to judge whether you think Al Franken should be a U.S. senator? Uh, well, in my role on the Ethics Committee, I, I would want okay, to... Okay, dummy, you're on the House Ethics Committee. He's asking you about a senator. Go ahead. ...the opportunity to speak with the, uh, uh, the woman who... I, I'm, Seen on television, I think. So you're not prepared to say he shouldn't be a U.S. I'm not. I'm not prepared to say that now, but I think that this investigation needs to go forward. Have you seen enough in Alabama to say whether or not you think that Roy Moore should be a candidate? Do you think that you have seen enough to say he is not morally qualified? I I don't think that that Roy Moore should continue on in that race. Of course not. First of all, this guy Berman, he better watch out. He may get fired because he actually asked some good questions over there at uh, CNN. Now. You see what a clown this guy Ted Deutsch is? What a absolute liberal Democrat hack he is? Well, you know, as a member of the House Ethics Committee, I'd want to talk to the woman. I'd, I'd want to get the information. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say uh, what I think this investigation needs to go for. What about Roy Moore? He needs to get out of the race. Of course. Get out. Get out, scum. Al Franken, he's a mock-groping comedian. You know, we, we need to talk to these women. I'm going to check it out here. I mean, after all, we don't have a photo of Al Franken groping a woman. Oh, we do? Well, still, I mean, maybe it's mock groping. It's not groping. It's a mock. He's a mock roper. It's a mock roper. It's not a groping. It's a mock roper, and he was a comedian. It's disgusting. I'll be right back. Straight and narrow pass, you have a guide. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. See, this is how we know the media are, are frauds for the most part. The disparate treatment. Now, that can't be exact treatment. I got that. But falling all over themselves for the most part. Berman was pretty good. But how do you like that hack politician from Florida, Deutsch, on the House Ethics Committee? And he's still a hack. 
well, you know, Franken, I got this, and you know, he's he's a mock roper. He's, he's not not a mock roper. He was a comedian at the time, and I need to speak to the woman. You know, I need to speak to the woman. Got got to got to get to the bottom of it here. You know, we have to be fair and have some kind of a due process in place. What about Roy Moore? Nah. Screw that guy. What the hell? He ought to get out of the race. The sooner the better. What's that say? That guy shouldn't even be on the ethics committee. Deutsch. Got to be careful pronouncing his name. You could make a mistake, Mr. Producer. Deutsch, I think his name is. Right? Deutsch? If you want to protect your home this holiday season, listen up. My listeners, that's you. You now have early access to Simply Safe's biggest Black Friday sale ever. $200 off their holiday security system. This is a true bestseller, a 13-piece arsenal that covers your whole home. If you want to protect your family, this should be how you do it. Simply Safe has made everything about security effortless. You barely lift a finger. Just order it online. The whole system is delivered right to your door with free shipping. And it takes less than an hour to set up. A 10-year-old can do this. Best of all, Simply Safe has no long-term contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees. The prices are honest and fair. 15 bucks a month for best in industry 24/7 alarm monitoring. And with Simply Safe, you're never locked in. So visit simplysafemark.com right now to check out Simply Safe special pre-holiday sale. But you need to hurry because the offer will end soon. That's simplysafemark.com for $200 off your home security system. Simplysafemark.com. All right. So I try to keep my papers straight here. And, Mr. Producer, I think I failed. Oh, here we are. Got it. Sheldon Whitehouse. Absolute schmo from the uh, little state of Rhode Island. Very reluctant to join the union, by the way. Very reluctant to sign on to the Constitution. Very reluctant to send delegates, as a matter of fact. But here they are. Anyway, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse on CNN. Cut nine, go. Do you think that this could lead to his expulsion? I wouldn't want to prejudge anything at this point. No, no prejudging. Trump, we prejudge. More, we prejudge. We're not going to prejudge... The mock groping comedian, well, in 2006, I'm not sure he was groping. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. We need to talk to the woman. Well, she says he was. Well, we don't know if we can believe her, Leanne. We don't know anything about Leanne. I thought you said believe the woman. Ah, but Leanne, I don't know. She's a right-wing talk show host. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know what we're going to do. Let's send it to the ethics committee where everything does. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. Right, Mitch? Well, yeah, I'm trying to get bipartisanship here. And so, yeah, ethics committee. Go ahead. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty serious to say that, I mean, that you're not ruling uh, an expulsion. By the way, this Man, Manu Raju, the CNN reporter, you can see he's tongue-tied. Like, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know where to go, to go with this. I mean, uh, we all love Al Franken. And we all love uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, whoever the hell that is. He's liberal, Democrat, you know, we're one, we're one of the group here, yeah. I don't know where to go with this. I, I don't know where to go with this. Go ahead. An expulsion. Don't, uh, the Senate will 
take this up through proper procedures and will work its will. Don't you prejudge it, and I won't prejudge it either. Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the phrase you need to use henceforth. Don't you prejudge it, and I won't prejudge it either. Let the people of Alabama decide. No! No! He puts one foot in the Senate. We're expelling him. Where is Cory Gardner? Cory! Cory! No. Cory can't be found. How about little Lindsey Graham? Lindsey! Lindsey, mom's called. Lindsey, where's Lindsey? Where's Lindsey? Can't be found. Well, pretend there's a TV there. A TV light. A camera. He'll show up immediately. Him and Schumer, they'll wrestle for it. So you see, ladies and gentlemen... We have a mock-groping comedian. you got to let the system work its will in the Ethics Committee. Don't prejudge. You shouldn't prejudge, and I won't prejudge. Uh, it happened so long ago, long, long time ago, almost 38 years ago. I believe it was, what, 11 years ago. That's almost 38 years. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, the photograph? Well. He's not necessarily touching. I mean, you really got to look very, very closely there, the two hands on the you-know-what side. I don't know about that. Well, Leanne says she was grilled. Well, what does Leanne know? What does Leanne Casey, what's her name, over at MSNBC, Casey Hunt on MSNBC says, no, it was a mock rope. So we have a new phrase in the world of sexual harassment, mock roping. Mock roping. He was mock-roping, and we know this because Katie Hunt at MSNBC insists on it. Well, then. Well, then, of course. And then, of course, there's Brooke Baldwin. Notice all these women. All these women hosts are making excuses for Al Franken. All these women hosts are making excuses for Al Al Franken. What's that all about? What's that all up? Because liberalism is above all else. It's above religion. It's above sexual harassment. It's above. It's just above everything. Progressivism, that's it. That's the mindset. It's the totalitarian mindset. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, this question. How can any party that claims to be for women, as the Democrat Party does constantly, they run their ads about women, and women this, women that, because they say, we're for abortion. We're for contraceptives. Which, of course is the stereotype. The stereotype in the treatment of women has to do with, uh, you know, pregnancy and birth and sex. Nothing to do with professionalism and so forth and so on, which I thought we were supposed to focus on. There's so many contradictions here, so many. But they're supposed to be the party of women. And I ask you this question, ladies and gentlemen. When they when they, they bow down to the memory of Ted Kennedy, how can that party ever be said to be the party of women? When they tolerate, not only tolerate, when they embrace a man who is responsible, I'll say it, responsible for the death of a staffer, Mary Jo Kopechny, at Chappaquiddick. And they embrace him as the Lion of the Senate. They name things after him. They eulogize him. And not just Democrats, Republicans. Warren Hash, that's my best friend in the Senate. 
Who, the pervert? Yeah, my best friend. Uh, same with John McCain. The Senate will never be the same. Good. How many perverts can you have in this? Apparently a lot, if you listen to the senators. Well, quite a mess we have here, ladies and gentlemen. What are we to make of all this? What's the moral of this story? The moral of this story is the moral of all stories like this. When you have people with enormous power, when you concentrate power, in this case in the form of government, when you destroy so many of the checks and balances, when you destroy so many of the civil society uh, characteristics where individuals are supposed to make decisions for themselves rather than government, politicians and bureaucrats and so forth, you have abuse. You have abuse. You have abuse. Senators are abusive. Congressmen are abusive. And I will continue to say, we want their names. Jill Brand said that she was repeatedly sexually harassed, that people, her colleagues, her male colleagues in the Senate, would say terrible things to her, and she will not reveal their names. She'll throw up Donald Trump's name. Why, did Donald Trump sexually harass her? Of course not. So she's turned this into an anti-Donald Trump thing. While she's positioning herself as the key leader of the anti-sexual harassment movement in the Senate. Can you imagine you need a movement like that in the Senate? Okay, we'll play along. Anti-sexual harassment movement in the Senate. Where does she point a finger? Does she point a finger at the, at the men, her colleagues, who sexually harass her? That's what she said. No, she won't do it. She refuses to do it. Why? What is she afraid of? It's not like she's going to be fired. She'll be lionized. No, can't do that. But Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. But nothing to do with it. He tweets out today, Al Frankenstein. Good one. I like that one. I wish you would tweet out Diane uh, Frankenstein. What do I call it? Frankenfeinstein is what I call it. Yes. And they go, that's not wise of him to tweet that out because then everybody will talk about the allegations against him. Why is there photograph? No, but you know, my God. They don't say, when it comes to Trump, well, prudence, judgment, process. We don't know these things. Don't prejudge. I won't prejudge and you don't prejudge. No, it's Trump. Guilty with the Russians. Uh, guilty with the, with the women. Guilty, guilty with the, with the taxes. Get him, get him. When it comes to Al Franken, no, no, no. He's a mock-groping comedian. It happened so long ago. The media once again exposes itself for the joke that the media have become. When is that uh, that big media dinner where they all wear those uh, tuxedos and the in the evening gowns? And uh, what what is that? It already passed like a kidney stone. I've been, I've, I used to be invited to that all the time. What the hell would I want to go to that for? What would I go to go to that for? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Shopping online has its pluses, but also comes with risks. With the holidays fast approaching, here's some tips to help keep your identity and financial information safe. 
Always use a secure Internet connection rather than vulnerable hotspots. Shop on sites with secure payment methods like credit cards or gift cards. Create strong passwords. Be wary of deals that are too good to be true. And finally, avoid phony shopping apps. Identity fraud cost Americans $16 billion in 2016. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. You know, thieves can sell your information on the dark web or get an online payday loan in your name. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If they detect your information, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But go to LifeLock.com, LifeLock.com, or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit LifeLock.com and save 10% now. Brian, Salinas, California, the great K-I-O-N. Go! Hey, how are you doing, Mark? Good evening to you. Thank you, sir. Well, um, I want to just come out and let you know that... um, I have some serious questions, and I, I challenge you to be courageous enough to hear me out, um, but I kind of doubt it. I doubt you have the courage. Sir, you sound so, so negative, sir. You sound... Well, because I've, I you're, know... You're, you're, you're disappointing me. Well, you are a hack, an actual hack. Well, sir, sir, you're disappointing me. You're not a mock groper, are you, sir? But you don't use your smarts. Are, are you? Oh, sir, sir. Are you a mock roper? Pardon me? Go right ahead, sir. Ask us you. your questions. Your brilliance is obviously coming across to the entire nation. Apples. So this uh, Frankenstein guy mock gropes or does whatever, right? What does he do immediately? I'll tell you. He apologized. He well, said immediately. That, this happened in 2006, sir. What you did aware Trump that? do? He called sir, 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 sir. I know you have a mental problem. Because Donald Trump is president. Listen to me carefully. And I will speak slowly so even you can understand. Donald Trump is not part of this story. Leanne Tweed, pay attention, I'm educating you, you moron. Now pay attention. Leanne Tweedin specifically mentioned Al Franken. Gave specific details, dates, occasions, places... Even had photographic evidence. You still there, Brian? Shut up and listen. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. You're defending a predator. Are you aware of that, Brian? (laughs) Uh, Be quiet. You're defending a predator. Now get off my phone, you jerk. That wasn't so hard, was it, ladies and gentlemen? Somebody wants to come on and have a discussion, no problem. When a schmo calls up, there's a problem. And I would have taken every damn point he raised. Let's continue. Keith, trucker, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hey, great, Mark. First time caller. I love your show. And uh, that last guy, that was awesome. Anyway, I'm a former Marine, and I got a question. I mean, back in 83 when I was in. Yes, sir. Uh, the, day, the news media was reporting the news. But now the news media has been so competitive and making itself political, it's like they're arguing their own points. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Why can't they just report the news and leave the talk show 
to the talk show host mm-hmm. like yourself. Well, uh, they've always been bad. It's just that they're horrendous right now, absolutely horrendous. And one of the reasons is they didn't expect Trump to win. Uh, he doesn't know most of them or didn't. Uh, and he attacks them. He calls them out. He confronts them. He doesn't He doesn't uh, whine about them in silence. He takes them on. And the other thing that upsets them and drives them nuts is he tweets. And they can't control it. So when he tweets his thoughts and his comments, whether they're mocked or not, I mean, he's got some pretty damn good tweets. He's got a few that, you, you know, you might wonder about. But he's got mostly good ones. Uh, they can't... Um, they can't control them. They can't edit them. He doesn't have to go through them. So he's talking directly to the American people. He's using social media. They've never seen anything like this. Right. All right, my friend. Tell me, what kind of a stuff do you haul? Oh, I haul almost anything. Um, you know, I was I was in the military for four years, but I got out and and um, I was in law enforcement, and uh, I didn't feel like getting shot at or you know or any of these groups coming after me. My father was a chief for 43 and a half years. Wow. All right, my friend, be careful out there. I appreciate your call. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what has happened to Republicans, even members of this administration? Why are they talking like Karl Marx? Let's explore this together, shall we? I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I want to get to the the questions that I posed to you this hour, but before I do, there was a, a fascinating interview uh, of Gloria Allred by Katie Turr, another one at MSNBC who might be a little nervous because she actually did a pretty good job, so she'll want to watch her back. Uh, she's no Mika Brzezinski. She's a real journalist, apparently. And I won't even play the whole thing. I'll just play a part of it. And she's pressing her about the signature on that annual, in the case of uh, Roy Moore. Cut 10, go. But did she see him sign it? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I haven't asked her if she saw him, but we did describe what happened that evening in question, uh, that what she alleges was that she put it on the counter, uh, that I think that he asked to sign, or that he did sign it. That's all. Um, I ask this because it seems like you're not 100% sure that it is his signature. And if you're not 100% sure that it is his signature, why would you show it at a press conference? Well, why would, you know, why does anybody doubt that it is his signature? Well, Roy Moore's campaign is saying, and Roy Moore himself is saying it's not his signature. Well, he has a motive to say that uh, and, uh, and, and let him prove that it's not. Oh, it's hard to prove a negative. Everybody knows that. Now, that said, uh, this isn't the first interview like this, or the first 
Well, the equivocation is what's troubling to me. We talked about that. Just give it to, to uh, signature experts. Find one who is renowned and ask them. you got the Roy Moore folks who are saying it's not. You've got Gloria Allred's client and Gloria Allred who used the yearbook, the annual, as evidence of some sort. So, okay, fine. Now there's some question being raised about the authenticity of the writing of the signature. And um, she doesn't seem to be 100% sure. This Katie Turr of MSNBC, I know it's amazing. She happens to be right about that. Maybe it is his signature. Maybe it is. But why not put it through the process? Well, you know, I don't need any process here. We, we don't, you know, when it comes to Al Franken, we don't want to prejudice. We have an ethics committee. You got to, you want to check out. You want to talk to the woman. You got to, you know, we got a whole thing going on over here. But when it comes to Roy McDaniel, I can't go through all that. Do I have enough time for that? How do you know? Well, Mitch McConnell said, that's how I know. All right, I want to get off this stuff. I started the show reading you something. I'm going to read it again, and I'm very, very curious to know what you think. So, Mr. Call Screener, go through the calls. The board's full, and just see if people are, are interested in discussing this. If not, we're going to have to ask them to call us next week. Okay? Here's what I wrote in the epilogue. Obviously, just a couple paragraphs of it. In the epilogue of my book, Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. And it's on the uh, back of the book, the cover of the book. I want to read it one more time, and I'm, I'm very curious to have your input. I confess that I often wonder what America will become in 50 or 100 years. What will the future hold for our children and grandchildren? I bet you have these thoughts too. Will they be free, happy, prosperous, independent, and secure? What will be left of our constitutional system? Will the Bill of Rights have the force of law? What about property rights? Will they matter? How many will remember or care to learn about our founding principles? That's concisely and brilliantly set forth in the Declaration of Independence. How many remember or care today? What are the civil society or the social compact? Will it afraid beyond repair? Will we have been conquered from within as Thomas Jefferson, Joseph Story, and Abraham Lincoln feared might be our fate? Will we have avoided the doom of Athens and Rome? If we're honest with ourselves, we must agree that the outcome is unclear. The reason a century or so of progressive governance and schemes targeting the uniqueness of America, including its founding principles and Republican system. Now, in this context, I want to play you an audio of uh, Steve Mnuchin, who serves as our Treasury Secretary. He's on Fox News today talking about the, the tax cuts. Cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. Well, I'm sympathetic to the issue in high-tax states. As I've said before, I've lived in New York and California. Uh, you know, for rich people in those states, their taxes are going to go up. Uh, having said that, they're going to get the benefit of the business tax reduction. They're going to get the benefit of pass-throughs, which for small and medium-sized businesses, you'll have the lowest rates since we've had the 1930s. Well, well I thought it was the 1920s. I could have sworn somebody said that. Go ahead. 
run lots of numbers for people who make 100, 200, 300,000 in New York, and the vast majority of those people all get tax cuts. So if you're a rich person living in New York and California, well, too bad your taxes are going up. If you're a rich person living in a blue state, your taxes are going to go up. Now, you know damn well if Barack Obama had been doing this, you'd be jumping up and down. You'd be jumping up and down. Having a higher rate, in a higher effective rate. So they're going to slash federal corporate income taxes, like they should. But, if you're rich, and you live in New York, or California, or a blue state, or a high tax state, you're paying more taxes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a couple things about this. We talked about this. What does it mean to be rich? Now, Mr. Mnuchin worked at Goldman Sachs. He's worth 50 to $100 million. That's rich. Fine. He wants his taxes to go up. That's his problem. It's like this Buffett running around all the time saying, I pay too little in taxes. And my answer is, well, then pay more. What's your problem? The problem is, folks, they're really truly rich. They can't tax them enough to pay anything. So they change this definition of rich or wealthy. And so if you net a million dollars one year, they're going to hammer you. They're going to hammer you. But here's the other point you need to understand. It's not just the rich. Remember Obamacare, they use this class warfare crap too? Well, Obamacare has harmed all of you. Doesn't even matter what your income level is unless you're getting freebies. This will do exactly the same thing. I was at a Bob Big Boys this morning, and I often go to a Bob Big Boys for breakfast. And I was there. I was talking to the waitress. Can I call people waitresses now? I don't know. I have to ask uh, Kirsten uh, Gillibrand. Very, very nicely. I know these people. We're all very friendly. And we're talking about the taxes that are being proposed in the House and the Senate. And she said to me, what is with this taxing rich people? I want to have a job. An awful lot of Americans understand this. So this class warfare, the lowest common denominator, using the propaganda of the left, really is very frustrating to me. Very, very frustrating to me. And even the supply-siders on TV and radio, they really sound stupid. You know, I like the cuts for the corporations. The individuals, you know, but the corporate cuts will have all kinds of job growth and everything. While you're whacking on the individual income side. And let me tell you something, folks. It's not just rich people. It's many of you. We've had callers call this program. One lady called and said, my husband was in the military several decades. He retired. He has two other jobs. I have a full-time job. We make over a quarter of a million dollars a year. We're in a high-tax state. Remember that caller, Mr. Producer? I forget which state. Was it Illinois? Something like that. And she was pointing out that the cap on her taxes, you know, property taxes and so forth, well, she's going to go above that. And they worked out the numbers, and she's going to be paying more in taxes. 
I don't get this blue state, red state stuff when it comes to filing your individual income taxes. Do you put on your individual income tax form for the IRS, I live in a blue state, so screw me? No. Do you put on your form, I live in a red state, so I don't pay property taxes? I know people who live in red states, and they pay a hell of a lot in property taxes. They also pay a hell of a lot in state income taxes. Maybe not as much as New York or California. That's not the standard. That's not the measure. And do we want another whack at the housing market? I've talked about this before. Okay, let's say a zillionaire builds a 400,000 square foot home. You know, I'm doing it for exaggeration purposes to make an example. Just think of all the painters and plumbers and electricians and roofers and carpenters and on and on and on that are hired. It's enormous. What do I care what the guy lives in? He's nothing to me. The real choice is, does the money stay in the private sector? Does it stay in your hands, the people who earned it, your labor, intellectual and physical? Or does Mr. Mnuchin decide where it goes? Or do these apparently sexual perverts in Congress decide where it goes? This is your money. To have a Secretary of the Treasury, rich people in high-tax states are going to pay more. To talk like that, you would expect that from the Secretary of the Treasury in a an Elizabeth Warren administration or a Bernie Sanders administration or a Barack Obama administration, not in a Donald Trump administration, not when we control all the elected branches of government. Here he goes again. Cut two. Go. But you, you, you will admit now, for the sake of this discussion, that some Americans under this Republican plan will be paying more in taxes. Correct. There, there will be people who make more than a million dollars in high tax states. Yay! Get them! Get them! Get them! And by the way, it's more than that. There's a lot of you who don't make a million dollars. You're going to get whacked too. And you're going to find out if they pass this. You're going to find out, and you're going to be very, very upset and disappointed. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be more and more freeloaders who don't pay one penny in federal income taxes. Yay! Yay! And do they live in blue states or red states? Most of them live in blue states. Oh, wait a minute. Boo! Boo! They're in blue states? Oh! No, no, they need to be in red states. And there's many people in the so-called middle class that we can't even define. We don't even know what that means. We don't even know who that is, but everybody identifies. Oh, I'm in the middle class. I'm in the middle class. Well, there's many of you. You're going to get whacked, too. Like Obamacare. No, you know, uh, millionaires, uh, millionaires, we're, we're going to get the millionaires. Yay! In the blue states, yes, get them, get them, get them, get them. Really? Go ahead. We'll be paying more. And as the president has said, this is not a tax plan to cut taxes for rich people. This is a tax plan to make businesses My competitive. God, what a monotonous. It's not a tax plan to reduce people. It's not a tax plan to make businesses. Go ahead. Give middle-income taxpayers. When I hear that M word, I think it's code, you know, and I, I, I'm used to hearing it from the left for many years. I think good you for are, you, Hammer. Go ahead. I think you would admit that, but this is a Republican majority in the House and in the Senate and the White House, and you're admitting that for some Americans they will pay more in taxes. Well, but again, is, what, this, what is this what the American people have waited a generation for? Now stop right there. Hemmer should be the Secretary of Treasury. 
absolutely brilliant, brilliant in what he just did there and said there. It's as if he's talking to Bernie Sanders. Listen to this. Go ahead. Again, just to be just to be clear, what we're doing is getting rid of the state and local tax deduction, which is a loophole for high tax states. That's Stop. The- Let me ask you folks who have mortgages. Well, many of you who don't have mortgages, you pay property tax. Many of you don't have kids in school, but you pay an enormously high property tax. Those of you who do have kids in school, you pay an enormously high property tax. Some of you pay a high state income tax. It's not because you want to. It's because you have a home. You've lived there. Maybe you, uh, you've lived there for several generations in your family. Maybe not. Maybe that's where your job is, so you have to move. Oh, I'm in a blue state. Oh, punish me. Punish me. Punish me. But listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. Your deductions now on your property taxes or state income taxes, that's a loophole. I told you this is where we would head. That's a loophole. That's not a loophole. Is this a joke? If you're banking your money overseas and you're trying to avoid this, that's a loophole. If you're deducting the the taxes that you're paying to the state on your federal income tax form, that's not a loophole. When millions and millions of people are benefiting from that, we should be celebrating it. It's a subsidy. It's not a subsidy. It's your money to begin with. This is what I mean. They sound like Marx. They sound like Sanders. They sound like Alinsky. Go ahead. Why New York, California, and others have taxes as high as they are. I look, you jerk. I live in Virginia. That's right. I said it. I live in Virginia. Oh, that's not a hard tax state. They tax the crap out of us. Income taxes. Car taxes, real estate taxes, business license taxes, this tax, that tax. Oh, that's a blue state, so screw you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Yesterday I spent uh, part of the time talking about the president lifting this ban on elephant trophies in this country, and I thought it was a huge mistake. And we spent some time talking about it. We had a number of hunters calling. I think every one, or at least most of them, agreed with me. And I want to update you on this and tell you why your input, this program, is very important, uh, as it's heard in Washington and other places. It's from Fox News. President Trump places elephant trophy ban reversal on hold. It looks like President Trump is having a change of heart when it comes to his recent decision to lift the ban on importing elephant trophies from Africa. In a tweet tonight, Trump said he decided to put the big game trophy decision on hold. The comment comes less than 48 hours after it was first announced that the Trump administration would reverse a 2014 ban made under President Obama on permits for elephant trophies from Zambia and Zimbabwe. Here's what the president tweeted. Put big game trophy decision on hold until such time as I review all conservation facts under study for years. We'll update soon with Secretary Zinke. Thank you. Okay. He's putting it on hold, and that's a good thing. And I personally want to thank him. 
Because, you know, these things bubble up in these administrations. It clearly bubbled up in the Interior Department, and somebody pushed it, and the president said, not so fast. That's good news, right? I think it's great news. But we appreciate it, Mr. President. I'll be right back. Listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. I want to tell you about Captera. Stick with me on this. It's very cool, very important. It's that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results when looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight with Captera.com. By the way, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com, Captera. Now, whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or business that simply needs better payroll software, you need software, and Captera's got you covered. Search Captera's 400 categories of software. Discover the right tool for your business, anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and beyond. Captera makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Captera has thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. Best of all, you ready for this? Using Captera is absolutely free. Hello, absolutely free. 2018 will be here before you know it, so make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do best. Join the millions who use Captera. That's Captera, C A P. T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Levin. Captera dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. Really, you ought to check that out. It's got all these software options for you to possibly use. It's got ratings on them, so you'll know what the best are. What the hell happened to my computer? Why does it do this all the time, Mr. Mister Producer? <coughs> Excuse me, I have cholera. All right, give me a caller, please. Steve in Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Uh, I would like to, you know, you were asking about uh, what we thought about our future, you know, yeah. as far as where this country's going. And uh, with the way they're changing stuff, I'm afraid that, you know, my, my nephews and nieces, they're not going to live in the same country that I've lived in. And I would like to follow up or make a prediction about the uh, sexual harassment training that are. Uh... Well, let me let me let's focus on one thing right now, and that is this. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't think we have a lot of time left to turn this thing around. And I know, oh, a doomsayer. No, that's not a matter of being a doomsayer. The country is is evolving into, and I talk about a post-constitutional society. And I really do think that there, even when you listen to the Republicans, you heard Mnuchin, right? You heard me play what I said, yeah. or what he said, rather. He has no respect for private property rights, except his own. None. Well, you know, I got a millionaire. Well, they obviously produced something that people wanted. So you're going to zap them? You're going to hit them at a higher rate? Take the money and give it to the government? What's the government going to do with that money? It's going to crap it away, isn't it? That's exactly what you're going to do. 
and more and more money drained out of the private sector, and yet we have people cheering for this. We have Republicans voting for this. We have the head of the Treasury Department under a Republican talking like he's the head of the Treasury Department under Bernie Sanders, literally, repeatedly, explicitly using class warfare. Yeah, and I know we, we moved from Virginia. I retired. We moved from Virginia to Texas. It's, we don't have the state tax, but our property taxes here are higher than they were in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, that's just the way it is. I knew that before I came here. And, uh, but I love I, the way they talk about, so, so all you people who live in red states, don't worry. Even though you can't deduct your property taxes, right, even though you right. can't deduct your state income taxes, and some of them have on there your interest on your mortgage, depending on the value of your house, don't worry about it because we're really sticking it to the blue states. What in the hell does that have to do with anything? Really? All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Just want to get in as many here as we can. Go ahead, Mr. Bad- oh, Mr. Bedouce is very clever here. Let us go to Russell in Allen, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? It's a great uh, great honor to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a long time. And uh, I just want to press it by saying I... Uh, I was in the military. My older brother was in the military. My father was in the military. My grandfather fought in World War II in the Pacific. And I just wanted to read you something. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. You deserve a proper salute there, sir. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. And to your family. Yes. And thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I wanted to read you something. I read your book, Liberty and Tyranny, when it came out. I bought the hardcover. And I went through the whole book, and it was a wonderful book. And Mark, I want to tell you, I cried in the last, the last page in 205. Mm-hmm. And all this tax stuff, all the sexual harassment stuff, all the stuff that's going on in this country right now. I want to read you something for all the readers that haven't read this book and maybe not read this book. President Reagan said, freedom is never more than talk, one. Talk, talk into the mouthpiece, because you're quoting a very important part of what Reagan said. I'm sorry. Yeah. Freedom is never more that generation away from extinction. We did not pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to the same to them. Or one day we'll spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was like in the United States when men went free. Mm-hmm. And Mark mm-hmm. yeah. that's amazing. That man was a great man, and that you knew that man, that's yes. fantastic. And that says to all the American people out there that all this stuff that goes on, that's what we fight for, and we should fight for. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. That's Russell from uh, Allen, Texas. Andy, Sydney, Nebraska, Sirius Satellite, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. And I got to say that last caller is kind of hard to follow. Yeah, he's um, a good man. My uh, my comment is in relation to your in uh, your question about where we're going to be in fifty or hundred years. You know, I've heard you talk about the convention of states before, and that's the only thing I can see that offers any kind of hope. I mean, ultimate power corrupts ultimately, and when you have people in the same job making all the decisions for thirty and forty years. You know, and they've lost the ear of the people. And, and you know, I, I, I just despair. I, I don't know. The only thing I can see is to get them out and get somebody else in that's going to pay attention. And I would have thought the 
midterm elections for both of uh, President Obama's terms would have said something. You know, we weren't happy with I'll, what he I'll, t- I'll tell you, since you brought it up, I'll tell you what motivated me to write the Liberty Amendments, the book on Convention of States and Article 5 and my 11 Reform Amendment ideas for restoring our republic. When I originally researched this topic of Convention of States, Article 5, I was vehemently against it for all the reasons you hear all the time. A runaway convention, uh, you know, Madison, the father of the Constitution, they couldn't do any better than he did and so forth and so on. And as I studied it, I realized how phony all these arguments are. I mean, it was Madison, among others, and George Mason who supported and voted on the Article 5. The two ways of amending a constitution. Two days before the end of the Constitutional Convention. It was the states that ratified the adopted convention in Philadelphia that included the language in Article 5. Uh, it is Article 5 that is married with the Tenth Amendment, which came later, which is federalism. It is quintessential federalism for the states to meet, to have individuals sent to have a meeting to decide what they need to do in order to defend themselves and defend the citizens of their states, that is, the citizens of the United States. And this is a a brilliant constitutional, legitimate, nonviolent way to accomplish that, and that's exactly what they expected. And so when people get enormously frustrated like we are, there is a a valve you can turn to let the steam off in a way that the body politic can participate. It's impossible to have a runaway convention. First of all, it's not a convention. Not a constitutional convention. It's a meeting. Secondly, you need 38 states, either through conventions of their own or through their legislatures, to adopt the changes, just as you need them now. That's a lot of states, 38 out of 50. So 13 states can block anything. It is a process that requires the the full attention and support of the body politic. And there's no alternative to it. None. And you and I know this because we don't need to even look back in history. The Tea Party rose up in 2010 as a result of the the profligate spending and activities of the George W. Bush administration and the uh, and the Obama administration. And um, they rose up. They threw out Pelosi and the Democrats out of the House. They threw out uh, Harry Reid and the Democrats uh, leading the Senate in 2014. Uh, the, the Tea Party movement, they can call it something else at these other places, but that's what it is. Conservatives, citizens, constitutionalists rising up uh, and spontaneously <clears throat> trying to save the republic, trying to reverse course, also elected Donald Trump. Remember who came in second? Ted Cruz. There was no liberal, there was no rhino, there was no establishment type who was even close to getting the nomination. And so we have a president of the United States who does not come out of that milieu. And if we can't get things accomplished, given the the the, the movement, the elections, the uh, the that, all this that's taken place at the federal level, things accomplished like this, where they, they this phony this phony tax cut idea. If you're a corporation, you're set. If you're an individual, you better get an account and figure this stuff out. So much for the uh, for the flat tax or the fair tax or anything of the kind. Um, I happen to agree with you that in the end. Before there's an end, we need a convention of states under Article 5. But here's the problem. Here's the problem, Andy. If we have a blowout election in the next cycle, 
we're going to have a hell of a problem getting more states on board. You see what I mean? We're going to have a hell of a big problem getting more states on board. Andy, are you still there, sir? I am, sir. I am. Do you have a copy of the Liberty Amendments? Um, no, I don't, actually. Well, let me send you a signed copy of the Liberty Amendments, and uh, which helped, you know, start this entire movement. Not not solely or exclusively, but in a significant part. All right, don't hang up so we can send that to you. You know, Thanksgiving is less than one week away. Are you worried everyone will notice your under-eye bags and droopy eyelids that just keep getting worse? Introducing the brand new Genesel Eye Lift for tighter, brighter, younger looking eyes. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear, she wrote. So I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, the next day, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. So ladies and gentlemen, Chaminade's best sale of the year just got better. Until Thanksgiving, order Genesel treatment for bags and puffiness and get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. And for results in 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also free. But you need to act before Thanksgiving. So I would do it now while it's fresh in mind. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. Plus, call in the next 20 minutes. You'll also get the Esotique RF Collagen Builder and the Deep Firming Serum absolutely free with your order. I wouldn't wait. 800-SKIN-604. I can tell you now, my buddy Teddy, and he does exist. He's a good guy. He's on the phone right this second. That's four bestsellers free with your order while supplies last, so you need to hurry. 800-SKIN-604. 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 Clayton, Atlanta, Georgia, the great WYAY. Go. Good evening, Mark. It's fabulous to talk with you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. And I, I love your logic. I love your analysis and perspective. I respectfully have to disagree on the tax bill. I, I, I'm given the number of Rhino Republicans, I, I really feel like it's the best thing we're going to be able to get, and hopefully we can pass something and then improve it. Then don't do anything. Well, I, I, and slash I, the corporate income taxes and leave the rates alone. Did you say slash the corporate income taxes and then leave the other rates alone? Well, I mean, I, I would go with that, but I, I'm a manufacturer. And so would they. Well, would they? I, and that's yes, my yes, they would. Do that. So. Yeah, because the hang-up here is they're hearing from, uh, you know, people talking about, uh, well, what I can't deduct my property taxes and so forth, because they've created a question about that. They haven't, they haven't res- resolved how much that would be or, or the extent of it. But in some cases, they want to abolish it altogether. Yeah. Well, but we've got to do something with the business. So to answer right. your question, it's not the best they can do, in my view. What, do, you, do you not think it's the best they can do today with the people that are there? No, I don't. I think if they slash the corporate rate and leave the rest of us alone, that would go through, and that would go through quickly. All right, Clayton, thanks for your call, my friend. It's Friday, so we celebrate you and the country.
officially over. The weekend begins right now. Listen to this. The government's closed. Ooh, goody. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get Hezbollah. Get Hamas. Get ISIS. Get all those cockroaches. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. God bless each and every one of you.